Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Today, I'm going to talk about a few things that you may not know about the King James Bible, which you may want to know. Latter-day Saints use the King James Bible, along with the Book of Mormon, Pearl of Great Price, and Doctrine and Covenants, to learn about what God wants them to understand and what he wants them to do. And although Latter-day Saints are quite Bible literate, According to a Pew Research poll a few years ago, Latter-day Saints know their Bible better than most Christians and Jews. They, they know it well. But nevertheless, there are a few things that you may not know about the Bible, especially your own King James Version of the Bible. In 1979, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints published its first official edition of the Bible in English, based almost entirely on the King James Version. There are just a few minor changes. In 1992, not surprisingly, of course, it was officially adopted by the Church as the Bible of preference, and de facto had been so for a long time before that. The Church's official Bible was a massive project, and the actual typesetting and printing was done by Cambridge University Press. Here are a few things about the text of the 1611 King James Version of the Bible that you may not know, but that are very important to know. The 1611 King James Bible is actually a composite of earlier translations, a major one into English, and a few references to other manuscripts. Let me tell you what I mean by that. While the 47 translators who created the King James Version were instructed by King James himself to consult older Bible versions, they mostly referred to existing versions of the Bible. The New Testament in the King James Version is 84% word-for-word word the translation done by William Tyndale, who was 
an amazing gifted translator. The Old Testament in the King James Version is about 75.8% William Tyndale's translation word for word. The rest is from various Latin and Greek texts and maybe a small extent Hebrew manuscripts, but the Hebrew manuscripts weren't that great because the earliest ones only dated to about the 10th century AD. When a sacred text is translated into another language or rewritten into more familiar language, there are risks that the process may introduce doctrinal errors or obscure evidence of ancient origin. But, on the other hand, they also can affirm Bible truths because newer versions may be easier to read. And that's sort of the issue that Latter-day Saints face today. We read a King James Version of the Bible, slightly modified, which is now 410-plus years old. And so while on doctrinal matters, Latter-day Saints are told to support the King James Version in preference to more modern translations, the King James Version itself has a number of errors, and some of the more modern translations are easier to read. So this presents a bit of a dilemma. My recommendation, read the King James Bible, but have with you another good modern translation like the New Revised Standard Version or perhaps the Contemporary English Version. Here's another fact about the King James Bible. Disagreements between Protestants and Catholics significantly affected how the King James Version itself was translated by the King James translators and by William Tyndale. The King James translators and Tyndale, while Tyndale was originally a Catholic priest, he rebelled against the church and was eventually executed for rebelling against it. The King James Version translators were members of the Church of England, which was presided over by King James. The Church of England was, of course, an early Protestant denomination. The ill feelings between the Catholic faith and those early churches that had protested against it and left forming Protestant denominations were still pretty intense. The King James translators, in their efforts, and also William Tyndale, purposefully reinforce the structure of the Church of England and Protestant denominations against the Catholic Church. In other words, the King James translators had a Protestant slander bias when they translated. That's the simple way to say it. They changed words favoring Protestant doctrine and practice, and these changes remain in our King James Version today. For example, the word church in Latin and in the Greek manuscripts was changed to congregation. But the Greek word ecclesia literally means the called out ones, really kind of meant church and not just some congregation. It's pretty clear that 
Paul, Peter, and other early apostles organized their churches or branches in a specific way. They weren't just simply a loosely organized congregation. The influence of the Protestant ideas didn't stop there. The way William Tyndale and the King James translators translated certain words and phrases sided with Protestant doctrine and against Catholic beliefs and also against earlier English translations like those of the great John Wycliffe, who made the very first Bible translation of any significance that was complete into English. Some of the words that were changed against the Catholic Church were words that Latter-day Saints probably would have, in most cases, preferred, but they were taken out in the King James Version. A couple of examples are, instead of using the word bishop, the word we find in the King James Bible is overseer. The word priest was changed to an elder. The word love was changed to the word charity. Now, some of these may seem insignificant, but many of the changes are actually doctrinal. It's important as to whether or not you have a church organized by those who were inspired by God or those who just decided to put together a congregation. Now, certainly the First Presidency of the LDS Church has said for centuries that there were plain and precious parts of the Bible that have been lost. And so when you search in vain in your King James Bible for a reference to the early Christian church, the reason you don't find it is because of the Protestant slant towards congregation and not church. Here's another point. Many common English idioms that we use to this day were rooted in the King James Bible and in William Tyndale's translation before it. We use so many of them that we often don't even realize they were from the Bible. An estimated 250 or so idioms are said to have originated in the King James Bible and in Tyndale's translation. When we get back from our break, I'm going to mention a few of these that you may find rather interesting. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. If you have a question or comment about this program or any other, feel free to send me an email. Send it to martinstanner at gmail.com, martinstanner at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to respond. When we took our break, we were talking about facts that are involved in the understanding of the King James Bible and particularly some idioms, some English idioms that are rooted in the King James and William Tyndale translation of the Bible that we use to this day. The phrase, drop in a bucket, 
is found in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 15. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, that fell flat on its face, or somebody fell flat on their face when they did this or that? That originates from the Tyndale King James Version translation of Numbers chapter 22, verse 31. Another fascinating and kind of odd idiom is the expression to escape by the skin of your teeth. This is a Tyndale translation of Job chapter 19, verse 20. Everyone's heard the phrase, it's a sign of the times. That's the way Matthew chapter 16, verse 3 was translated. And in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 2, we have the phrase sour grapes, which is often mentioned in English when somebody's complaining about how something turned out. They have sour grapes. Psalms chapter 107, verse 27, has the phrase at wit's end. He was at his wit's end. You hear that often. To go the extra mile is another phrase, which comes from Matthew chapter 5, verse 41. And perhaps one of the most fascinating changes is one that might be a bit of a surprise. The word for God himself, Jehovah, is a transliteration in the Tyndale and King James versions from the Old Testament Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, which in most new translations is simply not translated at all or is pronounced Yahweh, which may be accurate and may not be. Jehovah might be, but it's unlikely. The actual name of God is something that is, to be blunt, unknown. Here are some others that are quite fascinating that are found in the King James Bible. Passover. Jews and Christians the world over and others use this phrase, Passover, for the Jewish holiday. Pesach, or Pesach, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Before Tyndale and the King James translation, the name of the holiday in English was the skipping or the going by holiday. The word scapegoat. Remember the goat that bears the sins and the iniquities of the people in Leviticus chapter 16? Well, before Tyndale and the King James translators used the phrase scapegoat, the word or phrase was the goat of removal. This was the goat that removed the sins of the people, hence goat of removal. And another major doctrinal word is one that comes from the King James Bible and the Tyndale translation upon what it is based. The word atonement, the real word, the underlying word, is reconciliation. We're to be reconciled to God. Now, Tyndale, just in the, in the, in the King James translators after him, just didn't think that was enough. And so they used a different phrase, to be at one with God. At one meant with God was contracted together into the word atonement, at one meant. The word was probably used maybe a little bit before Tyndale's, but certainly this is the one that Tyndale made popular. Another phrase, 
we hear the phrase, um, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a way that the King James Bible and Tyndale before him translated the phrase. Before that, it was, do not tempt us or guide us into temptation. There was a phrase that's very popular that comes from the King James Bible, knock and it shall be opened unto you. In the twinkling of an eye is another one. A moment in time, seek and ye shall find. All of these are phrases that were originally translated in a little bit different way that we find in the King James Bible. Another interesting one comes from the book of Genesis. In Tyndale's translation and retained by the King James translators, we have let there be light and let this happen and let the other thing happen. And how was that translated beforehand? It will be light. That was the prior translation. That's one that was translated by Wycliffe and others as it will be light. And God said it will be light and it was light. There are a number of other phrases, the signs of the times, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Earlier, John Wycliffe had that translated for the spirit is ready, but the flesh is sick. Doesn't quite do it for us the same way the King James Version translated for us. Here's another fascinating point. Um, The King James Version of the Bible was written to be read out loud in the 1600s. Most churchgoers couldn't read. If they could read, the expense of owning a copy of the Bible was just simply too great for them. It would be about a year's worth of wages, far too much for the luxury of just having a Bible. Owning a Bible was just very, very infrequent. Taking this into consideration, Tyndale and the King James translators made sure that their work would flow well for reading and for speaking. It's considered to be one of the most beautifully written Bibles in cadence and imagery for that very reason. Now, ironically, today, over 210 years later, we have a difficult time reading the King James Version aloud and a difficult time understanding it because it isn't current modern English for us. It's now often awkward and hard to understand. It also gives us a false sense of the New Testament, the idea that the New Testament was written in a way that it wasn't. For example, when you read the King James Bible, it seems beautifully written, exquisite, and in flowery, beautiful English, like Shakespeare. And yet, the underlying Greek manuscripts were very, very different from each other. For example, Mark and Revelation had extensive bad grammar and errors. They were still wonderful books. They just weren't perfectly grammatically written. Most all the books in the New Testament had some grammatical errors in them, but some were exquisitely well-written, such as Luke and Matthew. One of the things that we ought to understand is that the King James translators thought that they might have errors in the Bible. The Bible was never believed to be perfect. The forward to the King James translators said, quote, perfection is never attainable by man, 
but the Word of God may be recognized in the very most ordinary, low, and humble person. Actually, the word they used was meanest. Mean in 1611 meant something different than it does now. It meant common or ordinary. There are some pretty significant things that have been actually mistranslated in the King James Bible. For example, in Revelation 22.19, it says in the King James, And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Now, the book of life is just flat out the wrong translation. The Greek manuscripts all say tree of life. There is not a single Greek manuscript that says book of life. How did it get in there? A bad translation by Erasmus. And there are other examples of similar things as well. I hope you'll join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.